little fired up. You ever get asked to be a part of something and you're in your spirit, you're like, oh, I don't know. You pray about it, you don't really have peace one way or another, so you're like, okay, I'll just step to the door and see what God's trying to show me. So you step, and then what you think is about to happen isn't what happens, and you're like, what did I just step through? That was my, my night last night. It's three hours of my life I'll never get back. But that's okay, because God taught me something. How good he is. How good he is. How many understand this morning you're under the new covenant? Does the law apply to you? If you're in Jesus, does the law apply to you? Are the Ten Commandments good? Actually, 613, are they good? They're perfect. Can we live up to them? Never. That's why we need Jesus. He did it for us. So we don't have to. If someone tells you, and this is not part of my message, but I'm going to get it off my chest. Because if I don't, it's going to be all day long. If someone tells you that you have to get down in front of God and beg and grovel and plead for forgiveness for your sins, they don't understand the true gospel. Did Jesus tell the disciples to repent before he asked them to follow him? What did he tell them? Follow me. Did he tell the thief on the cross? It's about to die. Well, before you see me in heaven, you got to make sure you repent. Did he tell him that? What did he tell him? Sure this day you will see me in heaven. Sure this day. The woman at the well. There's a great example. Sinner? Absolutely. I'm a sinner, by the way. You're going to hear about this morning. What do you tell her? Go and sin no more. That's true repentance when you don't go and sin no more. Meaning you're not going to do the same things you were doing because you changed your mind to say, I want what he's got. Not getting down on your hands and knees and begging and groveling for forgiveness because you're already forgiven. The Lord has been pouring that over me for the last month of how forgiven we are. I had to be honest with you. I kind of had a grasp on how forgiven we are, but it's so much deeper because last night, when, when the word that was being shared was all Old Testament stuff about how if we want to see change in our nation, we've got to beg, get down and beg and plead for forgiveness. You want to see change in our nation? Reach out and grab the vine. He's our source. That'll change the world. Because as soon as I grab onto it, what flows through me? It's already in me. What's going to come out? Jesus. It's a finished work, and it was done 2,021 years ago on the cross, and it was complete to the nth degree. You try to add something to it, you've missed it. You can't add anything to it, but grab onto it. That's it. Grab onto it. It's a finished work. Finish means complete. Anyways, that's my rant for this morning. I hope that's okay. I left last night extremely fired up because <clears throat> I feel like our youth and our 20-somethings want no part of God because they've been told and told and told and told and told and told some more. Oh, you're a sinner. You got to repent. You got to repent. You got to repent. You got to ask for forgiveness. 
You're already forgiven. He loves you that much. He died on the cross for you to take everything from the beginning to the end. That means even your future mistakes. And I've had some mistakes in my life. Trust me. Let's pray. Oh, Papa. I thank you that you love me for who I am. I have to bring nothing to the table for you, and you just love me. You reach out across the table, put your hand on my shoulder, and say, I love you, son. I love you. And you do the same for everybody in here this morning, Papa. You just love them. You love them. So much so that you sent your son to the cross, who died and rose again, who bought back everything that was lost in the garden, so that you and I can be free in the name of Jesus this morning. If you're under grace, you're in freedom. You're in freedom. Not freedom by your own obedience, by what he did for you and I. So, Papa, I just thank you for that. I love you, and I thank you. I thank you that the cross was enough, that it worked, that it was finished. We give you all the praise this morning in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Okay. I have to be honest with you. The message I had this morning is titled, What You See Is What You Get. And Jody has no idea what I'm talking about, so... Give her some grace. It's nothing we haven't shared before, hon. And if I get emotional, it's only because I know what he did for me. He's done for you. So let's start off this morning by renewing our minds to some things we know are true. If that sounds good, because it's always good to renew our minds, would you agree? All right. In the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed. True? Righteousness matters. Isaac talked about it last week a little bit. We are either in Jesus or we're not. True statement? You either believe in him or you don't. We are forgiven fully or not at all. In other words, if you're in Jesus, you're forgiven, right? But if you haven't accepted Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior... You're trying to live under the 613 commandments, and if you miss one, you've missed them all. Every single one of them. I'll take Jesus every day. I know about you. When we question one, we question the other. But when we know our righteousness in Christ is fully complete, we also know we are fully forgiven. And when we know we are fully forgiven, we also know then we are righteous in his sight because there is no judgment in Jesus Christ. If you're in Christ, you are 100% righteous with Jesus. You can't be any less fully righteous. Colossians 2, 9 through 10. You got that up there for me? Olivia, there you go. For in him, all the fullness of deity dwells in a bodily form. And in him, you have been made complete. And he is the head over, the, over all rule and authority. All authority. For in him, all the fullness of deity lives in the bodily form. In him, me, lives the bodily form. And you have been fulfilled in him. If you, have, if, you are, if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, you have everything. All the fullness of God on the inside of you. To the very end. I'm not very passionate about that because, like I said earlier, I feel like that's where our youth don't understand that when they accept Jesus, what they get. 
It's not just salvation. You get everything poured into you. You are full, complete, topped off to the brim, wall to wall Jesus. And that's your true identity. And I'm passionate about that. But even I am guilty of going, yeah, I don't feel very righteous today. But truthfully, I'm righteous. I'm healed. I'm blameless. Second oh, Peter 1, 3 through 4. Seeing that his divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence, for by these, these being his promises, he has granted to us precious and magnificent promises so that by them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world by lust. Does that make sense? Is that clear to most of you? His promises, man his promises. Say, by them you may become partakers of the divine nature. Who likes to partake of Jesus? Can you tell when you're not partaking of it? I know I can. I can tell when I'm walking around carnal-minded versus walking around knowing what I have and what I am in him, which is a spirit first. You understand that, right? When God looks at you, he's not looking at your body, your flesh, your sins. You are spirit to spirit. If we're made in his image, what is God's image? Was it a body? Was it a man walking around in the flesh and doing a little jig? No. His spirit. And if it says I'm made in his image, what is my image? Spirit. That's my true image first. The rest just falls away when I go to heaven. My spirit and soul still go, correct? When I see believers struggling because they're only ankle deep in knowledge of who they are, it's heartbreaking for me. I saw it last night. I was one of those Christians years ago. I'm a passionate about seeing the truth, not just being saved, but living as partakers in him, what he has promised. What do you mean you are one of those Christians? This morning we're here full transparency. I'm going to give you a little story about a young man that stands up here, his life, how good God is. How when you're redeemed, you are fully redeemed. I was born November 4th, 1973. I was the second one out of the womb. I was not the first. I have a twin. <clears throat> we battled, I think, coming out because mom said it was tough. So we were probably fighting them like we did when we were younger kids. My mom and dad, at the age of six, divorced because, in all transparency, my dad wasn't a very good guy when he was younger. How many know that a lot of your parents act like their parents and the same habits and the same traits follow? Alcoholism, spousal abuse. This isn't fun stuff to talk about, but it's true. And why is that? Because they haven't been told that it doesn't have to be their true reality. They don't know the truth. So when you say there's a curse on your family, the curse was broken at the cross. There is no curse anymore. So if you feel like there's a curse on your family, rebuke it because it's not true. There is no curse in your family. Jesus paid for that. I love my dad. He's one of my heroes. Because for my dad, as the time changed, his heart softened, some experiences of life happened, and he realized where he was missing the mark. 
and he changed his ways. And anybody knows my dad, he's a big old teddy bear. He'd do anything for you. He loves on you. He still has a hard time saying I love you, which I think is funny, but that's okay. I can love him right through it. But that's what I come from, the things I saw growing up. Fast forward, 19 years old, I decide I don't want to work at Burger King no more because that's what I did as a youthful job. I joined the military, and I was dating a young girl named Heather, and I didn't want to go alone, so I asked her to marry me. And we got married six months after I was in the Air Force. <clears throat> I wasn't ready to be married, I can tell you that right now. I was 19, I was young and dumb. I didn't know who I was. I didn't know what I wanted. I thought I knew Jesus, but I didn't really know Jesus. And uh, long story short, we were married about nine months, and I went to a men's conference. Now, mind you, when we got married, I got baptized at our wedding. This is, this is how, how goofy we can be as people. Because I thought I was doing the right thing, the religious act, if you will. You ever like in a religious act? Like, yes, I'm supposed to do this. I went to a men's conference with some guys I was stationed with, and I'm sitting in the seat. I can remember like yesterday, I could just feel this tug. It was tug, 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 tug. It was the Holy Spirit. It was God, the Father, talking to me, saying, I love you. Are you ready to change your life? And I jumped up on the seat, ran across the pew. Of course, all my Air Force buddies were like, this dude's lost it. And I went to the altar, and I truly gave my life to Christ that day because I understood by what the people were sharing me what it meant to give your life to Christ. But the story doesn't end good there. I was still lost. That's why I'm passionate for kids because I don't want to see them understand or not know who they are in Christ and what they have afforded to them because you guys know when you go in that big mean world, it ain't a fair world. It doesn't want to see you thrive or succeed. It wants to squash you like a bug because it's not for you. Jesus is, but this world is not. It will eat you up and spit you out. Long story short, two kids later, we were separated and divorced. Now listen, I take full responsibility. my marriage failing. Why? Because I was addicted to porn. I was addicted to sex. I was an adulterer. I was a liar. I was a joke. I was a joke of a man. But I hid it well, let me tell you. You ever done something you, you could hide it? Like, mom and dad's never going to find out. It's going to be okay. He knows. He knows. My understanding of what love and a marriage looked like was so warped and twisted because I never had anybody when I was younger to show me what it looked like. How do you love your spouse? Oh, you drink alcohol and beat on her. Cuss at her. Swear at her. Do not hear condemnation about my dad. I love my dad. He's a super dude, so do not hear that this morning. We all make mistakes. Thank God we're forgiven, yeah? Yeah. 
Long story short, I was caught up in the whole world of let's party, have a good time, and live in the world. I'm talking about real stuff this morning. I hope that's okay. Got caught up in a life of adultery, alcohol. I thought I knew what I was doing. Met this young lady. It was so bad, my dad's like, he pulled me aside and like, we decided to get married. My dad's like, do you know what you're doing? Oh, yeah, Dad, I got this all figured out. I had no clue what I was doing. I got married a second time. You know how long it lasted? Three months. Yeah, I'm not proud of it. But I'm not afraid to talk about it anymore because I'm forgiven. I'm free from it. Long story short, fast forward to 2004. Jody was in that picture a little bit here and there, just so you know. We are not, we are not innocent by any means. I was at a card game with my sisters one night, and they invited Jody over. Well, at this time, I had gotten to a point in my life where I decided I want more because what I'm doing is not working. I knew there was a Jesus. I knew there was God. And obviously, what I was doing was not what he wanted. Or I just didn't know what to do because I didn't know who to go to. I was pretty lost. I was still lost. I started reading my word again. I started getting back into at least trying to understand what I was I want to encourage you this morning, if you're, in the, if you're a new believer, start in the Gospels. Don't start in the Old Testament. Because it gets confusing otherwise. Anyways, fast forward to 2004. Brought Jody back in my life. 2007, we got married. Yep, Tom's been married three times. Thankfully, the third time, I got it right. Thank you, Jody. But we were grounded. We knew who we were. We were going to church. Not that going to church is going to change anything, but we were getting around like-minded people. Learning, growing. <sighs> cry. I'm not looking that way no more because she'll make me cry. I was racing. I loved racing. If anybody knows me, I'm passionate about it. It's one thing that clicks for me. I get it. You want to go fast and race car? Come talk to me. I'll help you. I get it. It's one of my passions that I have. I was driving full-time for a guy out of a uh, farmer area, and I thought I made it big. It's 2011. I'll never forget. It's like yesterday. But the truth was, I was doing the same things over again. Instead of, instead of being pornography and adultery, it would become racing. It's another addiction. I was so focused on racing that I was not focused on my family, my wife, my kids. I can remember being at work. I'm building a panel and wiring it up. And I can remember the Holy Spirit going, have you had enough yet? I can honestly say it's the first time I've ever actually heard the audible voice of God in my life. It was loud and clear. Have you had enough yet? You ever been there before? Like, you're just wore out and tired. You just had enough. I'd had enough. My marriage with Jody was failing. I was missing it. I'm pretty sure she was ready to say, Tom, you know what? There's the road. And I wouldn't have blamed her one bit. And so I responded. I said, yes, I've had enough. What do I need to do? And it dropped in. 
I called the guy I was driving for and I said, I'm done as of today. I can no longer do it. Anybody knows me. I was all about it. I was all in. I quit. I come home and I told her, I said, hey, I quit racing today. She's like, what? I'm like, I quit. She goes, no, you didn't. I'm like, no, I really quit. He's coming to get the stuff tonight. Did he show up that day? I said, we need to get back to church. We need to get back to focusing on you and me, our family, him first. And here we are. Through all my experience in life and all the crap I put my friends and family through, you know what? God still loved me. He still pursued me. Never left me. Never hung me out to dry. This is why you see me get so moved by God, the Holy Spirit, Jesus, because of who he is and what he did for me. He changed my life forever. Forever. With God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, what you see is what you get. That's the title of this morning's message. What you see is what you get. If you're not seeing some of your life that God has promised, I can promise you it's not God withholding from you. Ever. It's either something you're doing or the circumstance you're in not being caused by you, but he's waiting for you. Who knows who Elijah is? What was the very first thing Elijah had to do? What did God do? He gave him a word, right? Olivia, I didn't give you this one. Give me, go to 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 1, 2, and 3, I think it is. Because I don't have my Bible open to it. This is a rabbit trail, by the way, sorry. You got it? 1 Kings chapter 17. I'm pulling an Isaac. Don't tell him. One through four. Now Elijah the Tishbite, who was sellers of Gilead, said to Ahab, As the Lord, the God of Israel, lives, before whom I stand, surely there shall be neither dew nor rain, nor rain these years, except by my word. So Elijah's given a word, and he has to go tell King Ahab, right? Who is King Ahab? You know what King Ahab was doing this time? He was killing Elijah's buddies. Killing them. How many of you in here would go, yep, I'm going to give that word to that guy because God said so. I'll be honest with you, I'd have to really think about it. Because if I know this guy is killing my buddies, I'm probably not going to go. I probably would now, but you talk about 10 years ago, it's probably not going to happen. The word of the Lord came to him saying, Go away from here and turn eastward and hide by yourself by the brook Cherith, which is east of the Jordan. It shall be that you drink of the brook I have commanded in the ravens to provide for you there. So he gave the word, and then God gave him a second direction. What? Which was to go where? To the brook. That's his safe haven. He's going to be safe there. He's going to be safe from King Ahab. But what I think is really cool is that God told him, I shall be, it shall be that you will drink from the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to provide for you there. 
God had already spoke to the ravens to go drop the food at the brook. The blessing was already there. Now, if Elijah didn't go, was the blessing still there? Absolutely, because God already commanded him to go before he even told him to go. He told the ravens before he told Elijah. So this morning, I can promise you that the blessing is there for you. What Jesus bought and paid for on the cross is for you. You don't have to wait for it. Just got to step towards it and say, I want it. I receive it right where you're at. All right, back onto the train, sorry. With God, with Jesus, with the Holy Spirit, what you see is what you get. And the more you, the more you and I learn and grow in him, the more we realize how forgiven we are, how righteous we are, and how our flesh is going to battle that forever. Did you hear that? Our flesh is going to battle that forever. Do you ever feel comfortable on your own skin? When someone says you're holy, do you have a hard time accepting that? I know I do. That you're blameless beyond reproach. I want to close these some revelation that, I just, that was just unveiled to me a few weeks ago. And it comes from Romans 8, verses 3 through 10. For what the law could not do, weak as it was through the flesh, God did. Sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh as an offering for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh. So that the requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Walking in accordance to the flesh, by the way, here is a reference about making a daily choice. It's about our choosing, us choosing a method. Am I going to choose righteous on my own? Righteousness in Jesus. I'll take Jesus every day. For those who are according to the flesh, living by the law, set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who are according to the Spirit, the new covenant, the things of the Spirit, for the mindset in the flesh is death, which means living by the law, which is impossible. Would you agree? But the mindset in the Spirit is life and peace, free, a free gift of salvation, because the mindset on the flesh is hostile towards God. For it does not subject itself to the law of God, for it is not even able to do so. We cannot fulfill the law, ever, never. And those who are in the flesh cannot please God. However, you, the born-again believer, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you, but if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him, trying to fulfill their righteousness through their works. If Christ is in you, Though the body is dead because of sin, yet the spirit is alive because of righteousness. My revelation, this was so cool. If you're born again this morning, what would I say if I told you you could never be in the flesh? Does that sound okay? Does that sound like that's impossible? If you're born again, you are never in the flesh. According to Scripture, we are always in the Spirit because of our righteousness comes from who? The Spirit. If we are made in His image, what is God's image? God is a Spirit. Therefore, by His Word, we are a Spirit first. And if we have His Spirit, then we are never in the flesh. We are in the Spirit. 
Can I get an amen? Our redemption comes from and through the blood of Jesus, and I'm so grateful that he calls me and sees me redeemed by his obedience. This morning, if you are striving for a new level of forgiveness or righteousness, do yourself a favor and take a break. Just take a break because you're trying to earn something you already have. You don't have to earn it. Rest in him and know that you are completely forgiven and loved. And if you are in Jesus, you are already 100% forgiven and 100% righteous, never in the flesh. You're always in the spirit. So let's walk that out together and see what pours out. See what pours out. So, you're probably going to get to lunch early today. I hope that's okay. Because I'm not an hour-long talker. But I want to encourage you this morning. You know, you know, you now know a very intimate part of me that a lot of you didn't know. Some of you did. But he redeemed me. I was already redeemed before I started making mistakes. That's the crazy part. The negative side was I was not holding on to the vine because I didn't know what I had. I was still trying to do it on my own, caught up in the world, living a life of a lot of sins. He doesn't want that for me or for you. What's he want? lost my page he wants you to know that you have the fullness of him inside of you that you're the head not the tail that you have everything you have everything granted the life and godliness pertaining to you on the inside through the true knowledge of him what is the true knowledge of him how do you find it right here right here sit with the Holy Spirit he'll reveal it to you if he can teach me this, he can teach you, I promise you. Because I wasn't very good in school. I wasn't focused. So this morning before I close, I want to offer up time for you guys. If anybody needs prayer this morning, I would like to, honestly, if it's okay with you, do just a quick ministry time. And lay hands on you. And speak over you. If there's something you've been dragging around you want to get rid of, I'd like to break that off this morning. If, if you don't, that's okay. Don't hear pressure from me. Trust me. I'm not about pressure. I gotta just love on you and just move on. That's what we're called to do is love each other, right? So, I made a prayer this morning before we close. Nobody? Awesome. Well, I hope this morning's message blessed you. I hope you got something out of it. Thank you for letting me be vulnerable transparent thank you for not throwing tomatoes at me let's pray real quick Father God we just thank you for this morning I thank you Father God that my redemption doesn't come from my works it comes from you Jesus your obedience your death on the cross the blood sacrificed for every single one of us in here I thank you Father I thank you that you love me that you love us that we're not alone you're with us You've never left us. You've never forsaken us. So, Father, this morning, we just give you all the praise for you, for your Son, for the Holy Spirit. We love you, Papa. We give you all the praise. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen.
Well, don't tell Isaac I'll let you out early because he might punish me. So, but thank you. Thank you. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday. God is good. Yes. All the time. All right.